Hey, this is Lucas Granger. I am the lead pastor here at Coastal Church, and I just want to take a minute and say thank you for tuning in to today's service here at Coastal. It is such a joy to know that we are not just ministering to people right here in our hometown, but literally people throughout the entire world. So if you would, take a minute and ask that you would just think about partnering with us prayerfully and financially. You can get more info at our website at mycoastalchurch.com or simply just download the app. Uh, more connection points, how to get connected, uh, tons of free resources. And so listen, sit back, hope you enjoy today's message. As always, grace and peace. So Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And it's in the powerful, powerful name of the resurrected Christ. And everyone said, amen, amen and amen. I want to read from the book of Matthew this morning. Matthew chapter 12. Thank you, Aquafina girl. <laughs> Appreciate that. Matthew chapter 12, beginning with verse 38. Now, one day, some teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said this, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, only an evil and adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign that I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Speaking of the cross, which he's getting ready to go to. Now, the people of Nineveh will stand against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For they will, for, for they will uh, repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Uh, now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. The queen of Sheba also uh, stand up against this generation on judgment day and will condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. But now someone even greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. Now, when an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into a, desert, into a desert, and it's seeking rest, but it finds none. Then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns, and it finds a former, its former home swept and empty and cleaned and Cloroxed and some blue dawn up in there, and it's a clean place. And then the spirit goes and finds seven other of his little buddies, and they're even worse than him. And they all enter the person, and they live there. And so the person is worse off than before. He's got all kinds of house guests now. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Thanks for going to church this morning. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the sermon. Grace and peace. Family fun day. All right? <laughs> what, a, what a scripture, right? Now let me set the context, because this is it'll, it'll all come into play. Jesus, it's, it's good to remember that Jesus is talking to the leaders at this point. He's talking to, to leaders of the law. He's talking to Pharisees. And they've come to him, and they want Jesus to show him a sign. Show us a sign. Approve to us that you are who you say you are. And to which Jesus is just like, no. The only sign I'm going to give you is the sign of Jonah. Y'all already knew about Jonah. He was in the whale. Listen, I'm going to be in the whale. He's talking about the cross. And he says, listen, it's an evil and adulterous generation. He gives them two examples He's of, of people. Like, hey, listen, Jonah, he, he was awesome. He preached to an entire town, an entire town, 
revival happened, everybody got saved, turned back to God. And then he says, listen, even the queen of Sheba, she heard about Solomon's wisdom. Like, man, everyone was coming because Solomon was great. He had all this wisdom, all this wealth, everything that you could want. And yet he's saying, listen, the one is standing that's even greater than them, but you're missing it. You're not seeing it. You just want me to show you a sign. Because, listen, Jesus didn't fit their narrative. See, they, they had a certain worldview. They had an idea of what Jesus should look like, of what a, a Savior should, should come and how he should look and how he should act. And Jesus didn't fit any of those things. So their idea is, listen, Jesus, you don't fit our narrative, so we need you to do something to prove to us that you have authority. Show us a miraculous sign. Now, in and itself isn't a problem because there's different times throughout the scriptures where people ask for uh, different signs from God. Moses asked for a sign from God. David asked for a sign from God. And, and, but in this case right here, Jesus says, listen, no, no, no. This is an evil and adulterous generation. You are demanding a sign. And the problem is because you want me to prove my authority. You want me to prove it. So it's not just that you are. It's why you're asking for it. You've got to prove it. Have you ever been around people that like, it doesn't matter how long you've known them. It doesn't matter how much you've done for them. Like, they still want you to prove yourself. Like, but better, have you been that person <laughs> that you have some people in your life that constantly just got to prove to me, prove to me that you love me, prove to me that you care for me. And it doesn't matter. We could do all of these things. It could be 10 years. It could be 20 years of relationship, and there's still that. You got to prove it to me. I, I remember coming home uh, one evening, asking Devin the, the question that we always ask, what is for dinner? And there's times to ask that question, and then there's days where you just don't ask that question. And uh, I asked that question on this one particular day, hey, what's for dinner? And she, she told me spaghetti, and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, okay, spaghetti sounds good, but she has zucchini out. I'm like, what you going to do with that? We're making spaghetti. Not with that, you ain't making spaghetti. Oh, yes, we are. And she's like, got this little thing to make noodles out of a spaghetti, uh, out of a zucchini. I don't know if y'all seen that. Am I the only one? That... Okay, y'all seen that. It's new to me, all right? Apparently, I thought pasta was pasta, but apparently zucchini is pasta. Like said, no Italian person ever. But she's making this spaghetti, and she's like, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm like, you got to prove it, girl. <laughs> you got to prove that because I ain't, I ain't even trying that. You've got to prove that one to me. Or I remember years ago, um, we had these things called Walkmans, right? Yeah, buddy. Now, this group knows about Walkmans, all right? Walkmans and CD players. And, and you'd, like, you'd be playing, you'd be jamming, and all of a sudden it'd stop, and you'd be like, side B. And you're rocking. And you're just like, ooh, yeah, and you're like making mixtapes. It would take you seven hours to make a mixtape for that girl. You know what I'm talking about? That was like, that was the love language. That was Valentine's Day. You got a mixtape, girl. I spent all night bootlegging these recordings on it. <laughs> Play, record, pause. And you're there, and then somebody said, listen, hey, they're going to make this thing where you can have 500 songs in your pocket. Nobody believed it. Everyone like, you've got to prove it. You've got to prove it. And Steve Jobs was like, I'll put a thousand songs in your pocket. I'm cool with my Walkman. I'm cool. Like, like we got, there's just something in us. And at first when we read this, like, we, want, we know that they're Pharisees and they're religious. But like, there's a part of me that could relate to them. There's a part of me that even like, 
yeah, but if you could just prove it one more time. And I found this even with my relationship with Jesus. There's, there's, there's part of me sometimes where Jesus, I just, I need you to prove it one more time. Like, I, I know the cross, and, and I've read it, and I've, I'm on this side of it and everything you've said, but sometimes when I'm just overwhelmed by the doubt and the frustration or the anger or things that this world has hit me, like, there's a part of me that Jesus just, just prove it to me one more time. Again, show me another sign. Do it for me again, because what's going on in my life doesn't fit the narrative that I'm reading into the scriptures. And so I have a question for us this morning. Um, When it comes to your relationship with Jesus, do you find yourself more frustrated than joy? Or do you find more joy than frustration? Do you find that when it comes to Jesus, there's just this kind of like... God, if you would just do that, and if you're just, you're not working that way, and like the idea of Jesus and God, and it's just not working out the way you want it to work out, and, and, and there's just this frustration, and there's tension, because listen, when I pray, God, it would be just so much easier if you were standing here in the flesh, and you'd talk to me audibly, and I could hear you, and is this this frustration, or is just, there's this joy of just like, man, God, Man, it's a joy to know Jesus, and it's just, man, peace that passes all understanding. There's this love in my heart and this soul towards humanity, and where are you at this morning? Now, if I was to be real honest, just completely transparent, I would say it depends on what day you catch me on. Like, because there's days where I just wake up and I'm just like, God, you are so great. God, I'm just so grateful. I'm so thankful. You are amazing. God, I just love you so much. And then there's other days where I just wake up and, God, like, where are you at in any of this? God, the whole world is going to hell. Like, I don't know what's going on. All of this crazy stuff in the media, there's all, all of this happening. God, I don't, I don't know what to think of it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. Like, if I turn on the news and I listen to the news, oh, my goodness, talk about get depressed. I mean, the news, the social media, like, if you, if you were to be, believe everything that they say, like, no, there's no such thing as gender anymore. Like, there's no more male, female. Like, people want to be referred to as it and they. I'm like, you used to get beat up for it and they, but like, I, like, no, it's like male and female, I thought were basic understandings, but no longer. See, like, I'll just get in trouble for saying that right now. I'll get 17 emails from somebody saying, hey, there's, you know, but it's like all of this media, and like, but you understand that, we understand that, and, and if, you, if you just consume with all of this stuff, I'm like, if you look at, man, everybody is racist, white, black, uh, Chinese, whatever, like racist. Everyone in the world is racist if you listen to the news. Uh, if you look, look at the news and you look at the media, like, I mean, people are fighting over toilet paper, y'all. Toilet paper. Like, this is what we've come to. We're fighting at gas stations. Like, if you go down the road, you could literally buy a Chevy now for $90,000. Now, that's the real sin. That... Come on, that's what we should be fighting about, a $90,000 Chevy. Like, at what point, you know, I'm just saying it's crazy. And you consume yourself with all of this negativity, you could just find yourself frustrated because, God, where are you at in all of this? And what I have found sometimes is I can get so saturated with the bad news 
is that when I hear the good news, I, I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you trying to sell me? When I hear the good news, almost it's as if the good news becomes like a scam. Whoa, whoa, something good is happening and all this is happening and these things are happening in the world and, and this is happening right down the street and this is what's happening in church and in your life and people are getting saved. And like, hold on, what, so you want something. Like, you know that moment. You know that moment where you come home and just, oh, I'm just so happy to see you. What you want, girl? What you want, girl? You know, your kids are all hugging you. Daddy, daddy. I'll take it. I don't care what you want, you know. It's just something like sometimes I think we get so jaded that even the good news, we can't even see it. Sometimes like these Pharisees and these Sadducees, they can't even see the good news that's right in front of them. Jesus is right there. He's done all of these amazing miracles, and they're still like, prove to us your authority. Man, this world, it just, I I can see myself going back and forth and back and forth. Uh, I remember years ago, I spent uh, about a month in India, and I was traveling all through India, and I I found myself in um, Calcutta and a few other major cities. And, And I'm talking about cities like, we think New York is busy. Like, New York has nothing on New Delhi. Like, I mean, I'm talking about just packs, thousands, millions, millions of people. And, and, and it is crazy because here's the thing that's different in India than America. In India, everybody uses their horn. Just, I mean, I mean it's 24-7. Everyone uses their horn. And then, and then also, as far as advertising is concerned, like, there's not a space available in India. Like, you go in the cities, and, like, there are posters everywhere. There's just a million posters, and there's a million horns blowing. And I found this, that there's so many posters and so many horns that once you've spent so much time there, you don't even hear them anymore. You don't even see them anymore. It all just becomes noise. And, and, and I'm just thinking about the world we live in. It's just so full of noise sometimes. Even some of us, we say these words, I just need some peace and quiet. Who said that before? I just need some peace and quiet because the truth is sometimes I get so exhausted that even the good news sounds like just another horn. Even the good news looks like just another poster. Jesus, if you'll just do another miracle, then I will believe. No, you won't. You only think you will. Like, Jesus, if you would just do this, then no, you won't. And Jesus knows that. Like, listen, I've already given you all of the signs that you need. But, but, and, and then there's this part of us that, like, listen, if you would just fix this situation, or if I could just kind of escape from everything, all I need really is a vacation. If I could just go on vacation, I could silence the noise. Or, or if I could just get a new job, or if I could just go to a new church, or if I could just get a new girlfriend, get a new boyfriend, if I just, whatever it is, get the new car, get the $90,000 Chevy, whatever it is. Beat up that one person for the toilet paper. You're like, well, I just want to get it. If I get these things, then maybe I'll find the peace and the silence that I'm looking for. But here's what's interesting. We did those things. We went on vacation only to find that when we came back, we were just as stressed out as when we left. Even more so. 
right? Because now there's a whole list of things to do, and, and we got all of the things that we thought would bring us to the peace, but it did not work. See, because I think there's this temptation within us because we want to silence the noise on the outside, but we've yet to learn how to silence the noise on the inside. And if we learn how to silence the noise on the inside, we'll silence the noise on the outside. But we want it the other way around. And, and, and that's why we can't just go on vacation. Because here's the thing. You bring busy with you. You bring your frustration with you and you bring hurry with you and you bring all of that fear and all that doubt. You brought it with you because wherever you go, there you are. And all of that stuff you thought you were leaving behind, you just brought it with you. That suitcase is full to the max. And so you can find yourself in a peaceful place with a hurried spirit. You can find yourself where the, the horns have stopped beating and the posters have stopped being hanged. But man, there's just as many horns blowing in your heart. And, and, and you've, you've pasted all kinds of things over your heart of the world and all of the things that it has to offer. And we just, God, I could just... If you could just do this one more time, if you could just have this, if I could look for that, please. And see, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to live with this kind of one day God and the next day and then this, this teeter-tot experience of just like, just help me. I just want to believe. Help me just to believe. Help me just to put that line in the sand that says, you know what, Jesus? If I don't ever see another miraculous sign again, you've shown me the cross and that's enough. It's enough. Uh, uh, the point in my life of, like, if everything else goes wrong, Jesus, you are enough. Jesus, I'm not coming to you like a, 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 a wicked and adulterous generation just looking for some kind of quick fix. God, I want to believe. I want to live surrendered. I want to be light in the darkness. Jesus, you don't have to prove yourself to me anymore. I just want to believe. I want to believe. This uh, last week, I went fishing with Pastor Tim Carter, and uh, we, we got out there, and we weren't an hour into it, and I got sick as a dog. <laughs> that, I mean, Tim's all, oh, the seas will be good. It'll be one to two. <laughs> like one to two uh, to a giant or something. So we're out there, and that boat is just doing this, and uh, I feel it coming on. So I go to the front, or I go to the inside of the console part, and I'm just sitting there. And Tim and uh, his son-in-law, Tyler, are back there, and they're, they're trying to talk to me. And I'm just ignoring them. I'm like, dude, don't talk to me right now. Unless you're pulling this boat back to shore, we ain't friends. That's what I'm saying in my inside. On the outside, I'm good. I'm good, Tim. You just... And then I hear this out of the corner, because they ain't catching no fish. I hear Tim say, should we go further out? <laughs> Not if you want to make it back in, brother. It'd just be me and Tyler going back in. You'd be swimming out. But I remember I'm sitting there this week and just sick as can be, just feeling like I'm about to throw off at the side. Every few minutes, just kind of walking to the side. And, is it? Is it? No. No. <laughs> You know, like, it's just horrible. Like, minutes feel like hours when you're sick on a boat. 
And I'm sitting there, and all I could think about is the scripture where it says, even the wind and the waves obey him. I'm like, God, we're going to give it a shot. You know? And I just start praying. Lord, <laughs> cease the wind, cease the waves, cause it to, to stop, cause it to just calm seas, cause it to be smooth. Nothing. <laughs> all right, I just pray harder. Jesus, I just want to just calm these seas, calm this, just, just all of this, like just calm. Nothing. All right, Lord, do we have to offer a sacrifice? Do I need to throw Tim off this boat? <laughs> I'll do it, Jesus. I'll do it. If that's what it means. No, that ain't okay, okay. Well, come on, speak to me. And I'm just praying and I'm praying. And finally, you know, finally, Jesus came through in the voice of Tyler. And Tyler said, I think we should go in. And I said, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tim doesn't have that voice. And uh, so we start heading in and start feeling a little bit better. And, and again, I'm still, I'm just praying to myself. But I, I, get, to, I get to this place um, where inside of my spirit, I'm just saying, God, even if the wind doesn't stop, even if the waves don't stop, I still believe. I still believe. My experience isn't matching up exactly with what I believe, but I have a choice to make. I either can believe this word or not. Everything in me wants to feel something different. Everything in me wants to say, no, 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 like God's not there for you and like just, I need you to do something else. And I'm like, God, even if you don't, I'm going to worship you anyway. And I just found myself in this place of peace inside of my soul where I silenced the noise within. And, and, and it was just, it was for me, it was just this moment of God, I believe. Uh, guys, it's, it's really that easy. And it's that difficult all at the same time. One of my favorite scriptures is the dude in the Bible that cries out to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. I mean, I just love the honesty. I love the transparency. I love the fact that he's like, God, I, I believe in you, but I have some doubt still. Like, I, like man, that's the, that's the kind of people I want to be around. Because uh, if you were to ask the Pharisees, if you ask the teachers of the law, they had all the questions and all the answers. And, and like if, if you had a problem, they could show you the way. But I've learned this, like, I'm not looking for the people that have all the answers. I'm looking for people who have better questions. And, and when I find people that have better questions, all of a sudden I find myself on a journey of like, oh, I'm moving closer to God. Actually, that's, that's a big difference between how, how we teach here in America and how they would teach in, in, even still in Israel and in, in Jewish tradition. See, in, in, in America, we teach children in such a way that, listen, here's the test. You give us the answers, and if you could answer all the answers, then you'll get an A, B, C, or D. It's actually the opposite in Jewish tr tradition where uh, the, the rabbi would actually give his students like a scripture or something, and then they would have to go home, and their homework was, now you have to give me 30 questions about that scripture that we just read. And the better your questions, the better your grade. Because it, it makes you dive deep. It makes you think for yourself. It makes you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get something in me rather than just appear to look smart. Because that's what these Pharisees were all about. As long as I could appear one way. 
As long as I look smart to everybody. As long as on the outside everybody thinks I have it all together. But Jesus says, no, you're whitewashed tombs. You have an appearance of godliness, but you deny the power. And I just said, God, I'm not going to pastor a church like that. I'm not going to be a pastor like that. I don't, want, I don't want a group of people that we act like we got it all together when the whole time we're just sitting here just saying, prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself. You've already proven yourself, Jesus, and you're more than enough. What good is winning the war on the outside if we can't win the war on the inside? What good is it if we change more laws, but we don't change hearts? See, see we're, we're in this battle, and everybody's talking about the negativity of culture and all of these things that we're facing. But the truth is, like, if you put all of these rules on the books, it makes no difference at all. Because if you still have that anger and that hatred and that racism and all of those things that's still inside of your heart, it's going to come out. So what good has changed laws? We've got books and books and books of laws. Uh, Leviticus, Jesus shows us this. Listen, you have 600 and something laws. Let me just boil them down to one. How about you just love God and love others? It's that simple and, yes, that difficult. <laughs> we're reminded in the Scriptures in Ephesians 6, listen, for we're fighting against we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. He's saying, like, the, the battle that's going on, there's much more than what we're just seeing. It's not just the physical battle that's going on. Like, there's all of these things happening in the spirit. But, but let's be honest, it really does feel natural a lot of times because my neighbor is getting on my nerves. Right? If I see one more Facebook post about this or that, you know, it feels like natural. It feels real natural when we get on Highway 17. Oh, but there, there's a spirit over that Highway 17. It's, you get on it, I'm telling you. We just sang that song. It may look like I'm surrounded. There's a, there's a portion in the scripture, I think it's in 2 Kings chapter 6, where Elijah goes out and the, uh, I can't remember the army, the, uh, I want to say the Armenians, but it wasn't, Aramean, yeah, Aramean army is, is, is surrounding them and, 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 and he says to, to, the, to the young guy, don't worry, there's more of us than there are of them. And to which the guy's like, dude, no, 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 there's a whole lot more of them. And then he prays this prayer, Lord, open his eyes so he could see. And when the Lord opened his eyes, he saw like, the armies of the Lord all around. If we could only see what God is really doing. See, it's so easy to just concentrate our efforts on what's happening in the natural but the truth is, like, we, we, we think that, like, that the natural is real and that the supernatural and the spiritual is this kind of, like, mystical thing. And the truth is actually the opposite way around. The things of the spirit are even more real than the things of flesh and blood. Like, all of this will perish and pass away. And it's for our moments, for our vapor. It's, it's fleeting. It's gone with the wind. 
And there will be something beyond this that will last forever. Man, it's hard to remember that, though, when you're in the middle of it. And, and so there's this, this, there's this idea of, like, listen, if my idea, if my eyesight if, and my ears are, are only focused on the things of this world, that's where I'll find myself battling between, God, you're faithful, and, oh, no, everything's going downhill. But when I shift my focus, when I shift my ears to, God, what you're doing, what you're saying, to, to, to hear your voice in the midst of all this, it changes. See, the, the Pharisees missed what was right in front of them. They were so caught up with religion that they missed Jesus. Now, Jesus ends this talk with them with a parable. And in this parable, he says, listen, there's this evil spirit. He's gone to a desert, and as he's gone, the dude, man, the house is clean. It's spick and span, but he comes and he brings back all of his friends, and it's even worse than before. Oh, like, kind of interesting that Jesus would use this illustration after Two examples of, of, of Jonah and Solomon. And like, it's almost a little bit like, whoa, where, where did this come from? And I've learned this, that it's not just the absence of noise that you're going for. It's not just the absence of the horns and the absence of the, of the posters and the absence of, of evil trying to come against you. It's what you fill the house with. If, if, we're just, if we're just concerned, only, if we could just empty it out, if we could just clean it out, if we could just get rid of all these bad habits, if I could just stop smoking, if I could just stop swearing, if I could just stop doing all these things, and, and you did those things only to find like life has actually gotten worse because you didn't fill it with anything. And you, you've, got to, you've got to fill it. I mean, we've got to be people that are filled with the Spirit of God because the enemy is going to do everything he can to come against you. Everything he can to fight against you. And like, like just because you got rid of that one thing doesn't make you holy. Like the, the absence of sin doesn't like qualify you for holiness. Like it's Jesus that makes us holiness. It's his spirit living and breathing and moving inside of us. The Pharisees are great examples of that. They were doing everything right. And yet they were doing everything wrong. See, I think one of the worst things we could do is to come to church and yet fail to come to Jesus. I think one of the worst things we could do is read the Bible and fail to let the Bible read us. One of the worst things we could do is just win the battle on the outside and fail to win the battle on the inside. I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet. The message is simple that, man, we just need Jesus. We need, we need Jesus. Uh, I, I saw this really good post. Somebody put it. It was probably years ago. It said, um, do you need the whole, it was like a Facebook thing. It said, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And then the, re, the, re, the response somebody put, uh, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. <laughs> like, that sums it up. That's so good. God, man, we need you. May we learn how to not battle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. 
May we learn how to be filled with your spirit, Jesus. And so God, even at this moment, we just come. And Lord, for some of us, we just need to repent right now. Because if we were really honest, we've been living this life where we're just more like the Pharisees. Just, just prove yourself, God. Just prove yourself. Prove yourself. Help us to look at the sign of Jonah. Give us a revelation of the cross, Jesus. This is the worship team. If you're in the room this morning and you don't know him, I actually want to pray two prayers. The first one is, if you're in the room this morning and you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you've been walking for Jesus for a number of years, but you find yourself more frustrated with him than in love with him. This is just an invitation for you to come back to Jesus. To come back to a savior who loves you. Who invites you in. Who says you you don't have to live with that mask anymore. You don't have to pretend to be spiritual. You don't have to pretend to have it all together. All of those things in your heart, I know it already. And he offers you forgiveness and love and hope and joy and his presence. You don't have to hide anymore. If that's you at this moment, it's just you and Jesus. God, we come back to you. We fix our eyes not on the noise of this world, God, but on your word. Not on the things that we see, but God, on the things that we don't see.